0: My original intention this week was to reflect on President Barack Obama's recent Asian tour. But one word kept on getting in the way. Time and again reports on the trip concentrated on the word pivot. Obama aims to use trip to revive pivot to Asia was one headline in the Financial Times. Given this near-unanimous theme for the presidential tour, I hastily consulted the reflections from each archive, only to discover to my horror that I had not reported on what was then widely seen to be the seminal, not to say pivotal, event. Obama's speech to the Australian House of Representatives on November seventeenth, two 2011. Since, thanks to the internet and YouTube, it is easy to revisit that key moment and to reach an important conclusion, it seemed more relevant this week to reflect on what happened then. The Australian House of Representatives has a very relaxed atmosphere. Sensing this as he entered behind the clerk of the House on November seventeenth, two 2011, Obama, much to the surprise of Australian MPs and senators, shook hands on both sides of the aisle, much as he does when entering Congress to give the annual State of the Nation Address in Washington, D.C., The then Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, began her brief welcome by referring to an underlying symmetry in US-Australia relations.
1: Mr. President, in March this year, I was the fourth Australian Prime Minister to speak in your people's representative house. Like Prime Ministers Menzies, Hawke and Howard, each of us received as an ally and a friend. Today, you are the fourth American President to speak here. Like each of your predecessors, you come here as a friend and as an ally as well. Mr President, welcome to our Parliament.
0: The then Leader of the Opposition, now the Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, added his greetings and support. Uh, Mr Speaker, it was once said that what's good for General Motors is good for America. With rather more confidence, it could be said that what's good for America is likely to be good for the wider world. Because the United States is the most benign, the least self-interested superpower the world has ever seen. America is great, said Tocqueville, because America is good, and if America ever ceased to be good, she would also cease to be great. America was the first, and so far the greatest nation to be founded on the dream of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness
1: for all its citizens.
0: Obama deftly blended the impersonal with the personal.
1: I thank you for the honor of standing in this great chamber to reaffirm the bonds between the United States and the Commonwealth of Australia, two of the world's oldest democracies and two of the world's oldest friends. I first came to Australia as a child, traveling between my birthplace of Hawaii and Indonesia, where I would live for four years. As an eight-year-old, I couldn't always understand your foreign language. Uh, Last night, I did Try to talk some strain. Uh, today, I don't want to subject you to any ear bashing. Uh, I really do love that one, and I will be introducing that into the vernacular in Washington. <laughs> but to a young American boy, Australia and its people, your optimism, your easygoing ways, your irreverent sense of humor—all felt so familiar. It felt like home. I've always wanted to return. I tried last year twice. Uh, But this is a lucky country, and today I feel lucky to be here as we mark the 60th anniversary of our unbreakable alliance. The bonds between us run deep. In each other's story, we see so much of ourselves. Ancestors who crossed vast oceans, some by choice, some in chains. Settlers who pushed west across sweeping plains, Dreamers who toiled with hearts and hands to lay railroads and to build cities, generations of immigrants who, with each new arrival, add a new thread to the brilliant tapestry of our nations. And we are citizens who live by a common creed no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, everyone deserves a fair chance. Everyone deserves a fair go.
0: Obama then turned to how strife and conflict had brought the two nations together in history.
1: Nor has our progress come without great sacrifice. This morning I was humbled and deeply moved by a visit to your war memorial uh, to pay my respects to Australia's fallen sons and daughters. Later today in Darwin, I'll join the Prime Minister in saluting our brave men and women in uniform. And it will be a reminder that from the trenches of the First World War to the mountains of Afghanistan, Aussies and Americans have stood together, we have fought together, we have given lives together in every single major conflict of the past hundred years. Every single one. This solidarity has sustained us through a difficult decade. We will never forget the attacks of 9-11 that took the lives not only of Americans, but people from many nations, including Australia. In the United States, we will never forget how Australia invoked the ANZUS Treaty for the first time ever, showing that our two nations stood as one. And none of us will ever forget those we've lost to al Qaeda's terror in the years since, including innocent Australians. And that's why, as both the Prime Minister and the opposition leader indicated, we are determined to succeed in Afghanistan. It is why I salute Australia, outside of NATO, the largest contributor of troops to this vital mission. And it's why we honor all those who have served there for our security, including 32 Australian patriots who gave their lives, among them Captain Bryce Duffy, Corporal Ashley Burt, and Lance Corporal Luke Gavin. We will honor their sacrifice by making sure that Afghanistan is never again Used as a source for attacks against our people. Never again.
0: While Obama looked with satisfaction to the past, he quickly expressed concern for
1: the future. This is the alliance we reaffirm today, rooted in our values, renewed by every generation. This is the partnership we work to deepen over the past three years. And today I can stand before you and say with confidence that the alliance between the United States and Australia has never been stronger. It has been to our past. Our alliance continues to be indispensable to our future. So here, among close friends, I'd like to address the larger purpose of my visit to this region, our efforts to advance security, prosperity, and human dignity across the Asia-Pacific. For the United States, this reflects a broader shift. After a decade in which we fought two wars that cost us dearly, in blood and treasure, the United States is turning our attention to the vast potential of the Asia-Pacific region. In just a few weeks, after nearly nine years, the last American troops will leave Iraq, and our war there will be over. In Afghanistan, we've begun a transition. A responsible transition so Afghans can take responsibility for their future and so coalition forces can begin to draw down. And with partners like Australia, we've struck major blows against Al-Qaeda and put that terrorist organization on the path to defeat, including delivering justice to Osama bin Laden. Wars were ending, but what would this mean? So make no mistake, the tide of war is receding and America is looking ahead to the future that we must build. From Europe to the Americas, we've strengthened alliances and partnerships. At home, we're investing in the sources of our long-term economic strength, the education of our children, the training of our workers, the infrastructure that fuels commerce, the science and the research that leads to new breakthroughs. We've made hard decisions to cut our deficit and put our fiscal house in order, and we will continue to do more. Because our economic strength at home is the foundation of our leadership in the world, including here in the Asia-Pacific. What conclusion
0: to draw from this? Obama was emphatic.
1: Our new focus on this region reflects a fundamental truth. The United States has been and always will be a Pacific nation. Asian immigrants help build America. And millions of American families, including my own, cherish our ties to this region. From the bombing of Darwin to the liberation of Pacific Islands, from the rice paddies of Southeast Asia to a cold Korean peninsula, generations of Americans have served here and died here so democracies could take root, so economic miracles could lift hundreds of millions to prosperity. Americans have bled with you for this progress, and we will not allow it, we will never allow it to be reversed. Here we see the future as the world's fastest-growing region and home to more than half the global economy. The Asia-Pacific is critical to achieving my highest priority, and that's creating jobs and opportunity for the American people. With most of the world's nuclear power and some half of humanity, Asia will largely define whether the century ahead will be marked by conflict or cooperation, needless suffering, or human progress so what decisions will be made based on this conclusion as president I have therefore made a deliberate and strategic decision as a Pacific nation the United States will play a larger and long-term role in shaping this region and its future by upholding core principles and in close partnership with our allies and friends let me tell you what this means first We seek security, which is the foundation of peace and prosperity. We stand for an international order in which the rights and responsibilities of all nations and all people are upheld, where international law and norms are enforced, where commerce and freedom of navigation are not impeded, where emerging powers contribute to regional security, and where disagreements are resolved peacefully. That's the future that we seek.
0: But Obama recognizes that mere words are not enough, so he tries to reassure the doubters.
1: Now, I know that some in this region have wondered about America's commitment to upholding these principles. So let me address this directly. As the United States puts our fiscal house in order, we are reducing our spending. And yes, after a decade of extraordinary growth in our military budgets, and as we definitively end the war in Iraq and begin to wind down, the war in Afghanistan, we will make some reductions in defense spending. As we consider the future of our armed forces, we've begun a review that will identify our most important strategic interests and guide our defense priorities and spending over the coming decade. So here is what this region must know. As we end today's wars, I have directed my national security team to make our presence and mission in the Asia-Pacific a top priority. As a result, reductions in U.S. defense spending will not, I repeat, will not come at the expense of the Asia Pacific. My guidance is clear. As we plan and budget for the future, we will allocate the resources necessary to maintain our strong military presence in this region. We will preserve our unique ability to project power and deter threats to peace. We will keep our commitments, including our treaty obligations, to allies like Australia. And we will constantly strengthen our capabilities to meet the needs of the 21st century. Our enduring interests in the region demand our enduring presence in the region. The United States is a Pacific power, and we are here to stay. There you have it.
0: You never heard Obama mention a pivot. Obama never used that word. How could he? The US is a global power. The US president must be globally concerned. To pivot to any one region implies a choice, a priority, which can infuriate other regions. Obama could only go so far.
1: This is the future we seek in the Asia-Pacific. Security, prosperity, and dignity for all. That's what we stand for. That's who we are. That's the future, we will pursue in partnership with allies and friends and with every element of American power. So let there be no doubt, in the Asia-Pacific in the 21st century, the United States of America is all in.
0: Those who have endlessly analysed the pivot would have done better to focus on Obama's most important conclusion in Canberra.
1: The currents of history may ebb and flow. But over time, they move decidedly, decisively, in a single direction. History is on the side of the free. Free societies, free governments, free economies, free people. And the future belongs to those who stand firm for those ideals in this region and around the world.